The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we have a very practical topic for you today, hospital visitation. Percy, this is something that you're accustomed to doing. A lot of us feel kind of uncomfortable, though, at times. Yeah, this is in my wheelhouse, uh, Wayne. Again, 20 years bedside ministry and, and talking to patients and understanding the different effective mechanisms and ways to really having a, a, a very good a hospital visit is important. And unfortunately, many people have never been presented with any real good information on how to do that. Just showing up and being there and just popping in is, 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 is a hospital visit. And the fact of the matter, just like anything else that I've learned over low these many years, there's an art and science to this just as there is to anything else that we do. So we're going to talk about today how to have an effective hospital visit that benefits the patient. And let me say up front that we're going to summarize all of this in a a resource that we want to make available to our listeners, Hospital Visitation Tips. And that will be made available on our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. So, and I'll say more about that later, but I just want you to know you can go there right now, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and download this free resource. All right, we're going to put you on the hot seat here today, Percy, All right, because let's you've, do it. you've learned a lot. How many years have you been doing this? Again, uh, I'm actually in my 21st year in healthcare ministry. I spent about 19 years at the actual bedside with patients day in and day out. All right. So the number one question is why? Why do we spend time in the hospital with visitation? It's an important question because if you don't know the why, you shouldn't do the what. (laughs) And so with that, let's talk about the why. Number one, we are visiting the sick and we're there to minister to them mentally and spiritually. People who are sitting in healthcare environments feel depressed and sad and lonely and isolated. So we're really there to to provide for them a mental and spiritual ministry to uplift and to bring them into a place of receptivity so that they can be strengthened to move forward, number one. Number two, we're there to visit, to bring hope and encouragement to those who are unable to find courage within themselves and within their situation. So again, they're experiencing different things. In some cases, they're getting bad reports. Uh, They're getting not good news. So again, part of the motivation for the reason of the visit is to bring hope and encouragement for individuals who are struggling to find that for themselves. And then thirdly, we're there to visit to communicate to them from a faith-based perspective. For those of us who are people of faith and connected to the hope and love of God, uh, that God and others uh, love them and care about them and to share with them uh, just how important they are and how much that, that, that means to us so that they can feel valued and important. Cancer patients and people sitting inside of hospitals healthcare settings, in many cases are struggling with uh, how the, the value of their life. They're really reassessing their life. They're thinking of, they're playing the rewind button of things that I've did, places that I've gone, does my life matter, et cetera, et cetera. It's a time of reflection and introspection. We come to visit so that we can remind them of how much uh, that God loves them, how important they are to God, and how important they are to others around them. So that's part of our motivation of why. So see if you agree with this. Uh, maybe our approach should be, what would I want? from a friend coming to visit me in the hospital if I was in that situation. And and so if I could distill that statement, it simply can be stated this way. This is not about you. 
This is about that person. Okay. And you need to put yourself in the mindset of if you were in their shoes, what would you want to have from a visit? Yeah, very helpful. All right, well, that's the starting point. And again, we'll summarize all these points in a free document, our resource uh, available this week, Hospital Visitation Tips, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We've got much to talk about, but let's take a break and we'll come back and dive right into the spiritual preparation necessary for a hospital visitation program. So stay with us on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. I told you this would be practical today. We're talking about hospital visits and how we can make the most of them to encourage the patient. And I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We've talked about the why. Let's talk about the the preparation necessary. Do we just sort of walk in the room and expect to be a blessing? No, we do not. It is a mistake that many people make, and it's just like anything else. You don't just show up at your job. You prepare. You don't just show up at a meeting. You prepare. You have an agenda. Uh, You have some research. You have a document or something that you've put together to make a presentation. Similarly, with regard to visiting someone from a spiritual perspective, you need to prepare yourself for that. And and again, some of the things that you can do is that you can obviously utilize a, a daily devotion or some sort of devotion that you may have. Obviously, you need to pray if you embrace the idea of fasting, but you need to bring yourself into a place of preparation spiritually that you're communing with the father uh, to get his thoughts and to have his sensitivity of his spirit before you just walk into a room cold mm-hmm. and not have those channels open and, and to basically begin to prepare yourself to receive that which that person has. So that, that's the beginning of that. Okay. So when we once you have prepared yourself, you've begun to, to really center yourself around what you're going to do. Then we need to first deal with having the right attitude. And there are three things that encompasses the school of thought. First and foremost, and I preach this everywhere that I go, uh, there is no reason to go do a hospital visit if you truly are, do not have a heart to serve and understand that you are a servant. You're not there for any other purpose, for any other reason. It's not about you. It's not your agenda. It's not to fulfill an obligation. That's exactly right. It's not. You're not there to talk about what you want to talk about. You are there because you are literally putting yourself in a place of availability to be accessible, to serve that person uniquely based upon what's going on with them at that moment at time. You are a servant. Second to that is that you can't really serve God's people unless you love God's people. You know, it's <laughs> Sounds pretty basic. Yeah, it's it's basic, but you would be surprised. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are in ministry today who love being in the ministry, but don't necessarily love God's people. They love the adulation. They love the accolades.
praise. They love the acknowledgement. This is about you giving of yourself to someone. And in order to truly do that, you have, you must love them and have a love for God's people. All right. Can I kind of ask this on the side? Sure. Uh, a sidebar question here. I hear people say, sadly, well, that's the pastor. That's what we have a pastor for. Yep. To go do that. Yep. Do you, it, do you agree with that? I disagree with that wholeheartedly. And it's a it's an unfortunate old school of thought that we need to really uh, debunk at the end of the day. What we are discussing and talking about should not be relegated to the pastor only. Certainly your pastor uh, who is connected to his flock and that sort of thing should be available and willing to do this. But the pastor, particularly as we talk about larger congregations, it is impossible for the pastor to service all of the membership of the church on that level when we talk about visitation and et cetera, et cetera. But the other dynamic of that is Ephesians tells us that the role of the fivefold ministry is to perfect or develop or equip the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. We need to have the laity and members of, of all local churches be engaged with its members. We're connected one to another, and we need to have that connectivity and feel that engagement. And that should not only be relegated absolutely only to the pastor. At all the right. End all of right. The Thanks for letting me ask that question. So even if we're not a member of the clergy, this is, this is something we all can do. Right. We should be doing. And the laity should be doing this. Right. Absolutely. So it's important to understand. And then obviously when we do that, then we have a better support system for, for each other inside Good of our local point. churches. All right. As we prepare, then we need to have the right attitude. You say we need to have the right purpose of heart. Correct. Again, understanding the purpose of what we're doing. We need to first have clean hands and a pure heart before the Lord. You can't bring a dirty vessel into a situation. So this is a solid, a holy moment that you're going to be engaging with an individual. In many cases, you're going to hear things that you may not have expected to hear. Uh, there'll be things that sometimes people will want to confess and share with you. You're, this is a real sacred, holy engagement one-on-one with individuals at, at their most vulnerable moments. So you first need to have clean hands and a pure heart. Clean and cleanse yourself before you put yourself in the presence of others and not bring your contamination to them. It's a spiritual principle. Number two, stay holy before the Lord. What does that really mean? Make sure that you've gotten back before the Father and you've asked him to cleanse you and purge you of things that you may have thought, craziness that's running around in your heart. As we walk through the planet, Wayne, we pick up the filth and the trash mm-hmm. of the earth. Don't bring your problems into the room. Don't they got enough dra- problems of their own. Don't huh? drag, don't put your junk in their trunk. That's how I like to state that. <laughs> right. Leave that at home. And then after you have done that, then again, whatever your personal dynamics or struggles, you may have been arguing with the wife, had a disagreement or whatever. You know, if you really are not in the right state of mind, then opt not to take that before an individual. Because, again, you really need to understand how sensitive these these folks are and how vulnerable they are. I can recall uh, an individual who uh, worked for me. His wife was a nurse who also had cancer who passed away. And so he began ministering to patients at the hospital, but all he would ever do would would talk about what happened to his wife Mm. to another cancer patient. Mm. And that's not fair to that patient. So they deserve to have your best. 
And if you can't bring your best, please stay at home. And then lastly, keep in mind that God is the healer. We are not the healers. Billy Graham or Roberts, Kenneth Hagan has never healed anyone. I'm going to say it again. They have not healed anyone. They were conduits that God may have used and spoken through and inspired uh, the things of God too. But they did not, you cannot heal anyone. Don't go into the hospital with the disposition. I'm going to heal them today because of my long, thunderous, loud prayers. Such a good word. Keep in mind that God is the healer. The doctors are the treaters. And we are simply the messengers of hope and faith and courage and love. And that'll help frame how we, we, we structure our visit. Well, tell me, how should any of us, clergy or not, how should we be using Scripture at a bedside? Well, when you, when you begin to understand that, and, and we actually have some things outlined here, always, if you can, have a prepared Scripture to ready with a brief explanation that, again, that you can go to, that you can have available, that you can make available and accessible. And, of course, with the caveat of individuals who are open and receptive to that. We need to have their permission. We mm-hmm. shouldn't just bombard people if they're not ready for that, if that's not what they've asked for. Remember, this is not about you. This is about what the patient wants and desires. Make sure that they're open and they're ready for that. But you can have some prepared scriptures in hand that'll talk about healing, that'll talk about faith, that'll talk about hope uh, that, that you can present. Keep in mind that we are visiting the sick and that they are not up for three points and a close. This is for young preachers that you shouldn't <laughs> practice preaching at the bedside. Uh, first mistake that I ever made my first week at the bedside, uh, as I often say about me, young, dumb, and just ignorant. You know, I came in and I was preaching my heart out to people at the bedside. And 10 minutes later, the patient was fast asleep. <laughs> They're medicated. They're tired. They're overwhelmed. Be sensitive. That's exactly right. Be sensitive to the fact that your three points and a close is not the place or the time of ministry. And then never proclaim anything that you yourself are not striving to live. And how about prayer? With their permission, okay to ask that we can pray for them? Absolutely. We should always ask the question. And I've seen people who have just simply started praying for people without asking for permission. And so please ask, would you like to have a word of prayer today? Would prayer be appropriate at this moment? Uh, Would you like to share a time? of prayer uh, with me. So allow, again, you're giving the patient the choice, you're empowering the patient, and then you're giving them ownership of the situation. Here's the big principle here. Let the patient drive the bus. Mm -hmm. You are not the bus driver. You are being allowed to ride along, and it is a privilege to be able to be a passenger, but get in the back seat and let them steer. Don't be a backseat driver. That's right. right. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Everything we're talking about today and more is in our resource that we're offering to anyone who's listening today, our hospital visitation tips. These tips are in one handy resource. You can download it right now from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's that easy. There's no charge, no obligation. We just want you to be prepared to minister to those that uh, God calls you to visit in the hospital. So, healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover. We'll do our best coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. 
We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Talking about hospital visitation tips today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Percy, let me ask you, if we can't make a visit to the hospital, are there any alternatives? Yeah, we need to be aware of the fact that there may be times that you may intend to go see someone, but for many different reasons, you simply can't. The patient may be uh, indisposed, they may be in a procedure, uh, they may have just been given some medication and are sleeping. In some cases, patients may simply not be feeling well enough to receive a visit. So here's some alternatives to a personal visit. Leave a message at the nurse's station. Just simply leave a simple, short message, I was here, thinking about you, etc., etc. Or leave a brief note by the patient's phone if they're in a procedure and they're mm-hmm. they're away from the uh, uh, their actual room. Just leave a little note at the on the phone or on the bed hey, this was brother so-and-so, we came by, missed you, we'll check back on you again soon. Here's our phone number if you'd like to call us. A written sentence of a comforting scripture and a brief prayer actually is something very nice that you can leave to simply say, hey, we're thinking of you, we're praying for you, here's a scripture that you can reflect upon, and then obviously you can make a phone call to the patient uh, at another time. So don't wake them up. I mean, sleep in a hospital is so hard anyway, right? It is the most precious thing that anyone in a hospital receives. How many times have any one of us gone to a hospital and had a good night's sleep there? (laughs) All right. So I think that that answers the question. Sleep is precious. So, And I've seen individuals wake a sleeping patient, and they have just gone to sleep after being up for two days. That's making it more about you. That's correct. Because you've made the effort to come to the hospital. They should be awake. It's not about you. It's about the patient. Let them do the driving. So don't wake a sleeping patient. Always go to the room, knock on the door first, and ask for permission to come in. If the patient responds, ask, would you like to have a visit today? They may tell you no. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised how many patients are not feeling well and simply say not yeah. Today, So, again, uh, knock on the door, ask for permission. Uh, always go to the restroom to wash your hands. Do not take any germs into the rooms with the patient. Cancer patients, in many cases, immune systems are very compromised. So don't bring anything in and don't take anything out with you. Wash in, wash out. Wash in and wash out. And always, of course, if there are special precautions to be taken, make sure that you check with the nurse's station. There, there should typically be a sign or a note on the door that says you may need to wear gloves or masks, shoe covers. Please adhere to the rules and the regulations of the hospital staff and follow them. They're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's understandable why a patient who's uh, bedridden may want to watch the television 
And sometimes you go to visit and the television is on. Now, yep. how, how do you handle that situation? It's an interesting question. It is. Again, remember our opening principle. This is not about you. This is about them. So ask for permission and say, would you mind if we could turn your TV off or turn your television down? And here's the big principle here, and we haven't covered this yet. Many patients, and particularly cancer patients, feel that they have lost control. They have, they've lost control of what they can do, what they can eat, where they can go. Everyone is telling them, you can't do this, you can't do that. And we, in many cases, go into patient's room and violate the rights of a patient. That's their room. It's their space. It's their environment. Let them give you permission. And so in order to do that, you need to ask for that permission. That is so good. How long should we stay? You know, it's a great question. And again, this has been violated by many. We need to be very conscious of the fact that first and foremost, you're not the only person potentially who is visiting a patient on that particular day. So imagine if you have multiple visitations of four, five, six, seven people in a day, then you need to understand that we should be sensitive to how much time we are requiring of that patient to tell the same story, to give the same information, to repeat things that in many cases, physically, mentally, and emotionally, they are not really strengthened to do six, seven times. So we should limit our visits to about five to 15 minutes, being cognizant of the fact that in many cases, patients only process but so much information. They're not going to remember everything that you've said. And in many cases, I've had patients to say, I don't even remember what that person said to me. I remembered that they were there. So a long visit does not necessarily equate to an effective visit. Let's take a few minutes and talk about some do's and don'ts. You Again, you've had so much practical experience visiting so many patients through the years. I, I'm sure you've got a list, don't you? I do. And this is an important list that we want everyone to understand. Again, the reason why effective hospital visits have do not take place as they should, because no one really taught us how to do an effective hospital visit. And here are some things that you simply should not do uh, and be mindful of. Number one, do not lean or sit on a patient's bed. Really? Unless that patient is a intimate, personal uh, friend or family member of yours, remember that the, the hospital environment and room is a patient's personal space. Respect their space and allow them to have their space. In many cases, hospital rooms and beds are in very cramped, small, confined areas. Uh, they have a lot of equipment around them. There's always people that are standing over them and hovering over people. So people sometimes feel claustrophobic. They feel like that the world is closing in on them. Don't sit on a patient's bed unless they're a dear personal friend or someone that you're intimate with to allow them to have their space. Boy, that is so practical. It really is. Um, you know, we're curious about what they're going through. How, how many questions can we ask them? Well, I, I think that, and what I've learned from patients is, this is not a time to do Q&A with a patient. Number one, respect the fact that there may be some things that patients simply don't want to share with you. There's just personal information that uh, they don't want you to know, and in many cases, you don't need to know. So allow a patient to unpackage what information they want to share with you outside of some general things. And I've seen uh, uh, visitors, uh, pastors and ministers, who has this inquisition of, what, when? Where? How? How come? What? You know, and you could see the patient actually going into a state of trauma, almost like being with this inquisition. Uh, That's really not the role or the place uh, or the purpose of a visit. Mm -hmm. If a patient wants to unfold personal, detailed information about what, when, where, who and how, they'll naturally give you that information. And they may have answered those questions already several times. And then the other point is how many times have they had to go through Mm -hmm. that conversation with other individuals as well in the day? Some other do's and don'ts. Well, 
again, do not argue or try to convince a patient of some issue. This is not the time or the place to make a point. I've seen this happen with particularly with family members about, well, you know, mama wants to know if what, how long you're going to be in the hospital or whatever, or even a theological. I've seen people have theological debates with patients at the bedside. Well, you know, we need to be trusting in God. You know, are you trusting in God? Are you really reading your Bible? Are you? This is not the time or place to badger people about a point or to have an argument or to make an issue that you're trying to drive home. Remember, this is not about you. Well, there's more on this list that we want to make available to our listeners, and I'll say more about that in a moment. But there's one more thing I want to talk to you just briefly about. Uh, Realize that the topic a patient is most concerned about may not be mentioned until you're ready to leave and suddenly they want to talk about it. Why is that? The dynamic here is simple, particularly if you are someone that you're not terribly familiar with the patient. They're not terribly familiar with you. You're you're visiting from the church. You're one of the laity, et cetera, et cetera. What, what patients are trying to do is they're trying to size up how much they can trust you with information. Mm-hmm. There may be things about intimacy. There may be things about physical body image that people are struggling with, but they're not going to necessarily share that with you until they know that they can trust you. So the visit may have gone a while, and, and the whole time they're assessing how much information they think that they can share with you. And a patient will say, oh, by the way, if you have another second, can I just maybe throw another point or ask you a question and you would be surprised it's it's a zinger that you didn't see coming out of left field because they felt a little more comfortable and they put on the table so be sensitive to the fact that they may raise points that you didn't think that they were raised what you thought that you wanted to talk about or were talking about was what they really wanted to talk about these hospital visitation tips are available on our website you can download this study it and prepare for your next hospital visit go to healthhopeandinspiration.com so very practical. Thank you, Percy. Thank you, my friend. And continue to be effective in hospital visitation. It's important to the patient. This has been Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits.